what is the most important thing? I know, what is the most important thing in your life? I don't know whether you get um, those either emails or Facebook messages going, the most important thing, the most exciting thing ever, and you have to click. And uh, as a friend of mine put the other day, um, he's never been amazed by one of those, <laughs> those emails. He's, he said, I've been slightly bemused at times, but never completely amazed, or Facebook post or whatever it is. And I don't know, what, what is the most important thing? I mean, there's a lot you... I know. You look on magazine shelves, the most important thing, I don't know, to please your lover, to get the right skin look, um, to get the best car, um, whatever it is. You know, there's lots of advice of what is the most important thing in life. But when we look at the, um, a bit like that, sort of some of those posts there, we get, we're maybe slightly bemused or vaguely interested, but it's not the most thing. It's not usually the key things. And sometimes in faith as well, I mean, some of the things that we can talk about or share, they're not the most important things. You know, they're, they're good things, and they're right things. You know, I can think of some of my lectures um, in Old Testament eschatology. You know, they, they were good things. They were, they were, there was nothing wrong with them, but they weren't the most important thing. And what I want us to look at today, especially after Easter and looking again um, post-Easter of Jesus rising from the dead, I want us to look at the, what Paul says is the most important thing. Um, he talks about a first importance. And really that's a matter of life and death, or in the order that he puts it, death and life. And the death and the new life of Jesus Christ. So if you turn to page 1155, 1 Corinthians 15. And interestingly, the, by one of the contemporary Bible translators, J.B. Phillips, um, or this, uh, in this last time, years, but he, um, he reckoned that this was the most important chapter in the whole of the New Testament, and he'd spent his life translating the New Testament. So we're going to look at a chapter that he thought was the most important, but, um, but it does hold that which is the most important about our faith. So I'm going to read, starting at verse 1, chapter 15. Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel you are saved if you hold firmly to the word I've preached to you. Otherwise, you've believed in vain. For what I received, I passed on to you as first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures, and that he appeared to Peter and then the twelve after that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, he appeared to me also, as one abnormally born. 
For I am the least of the apostles and do not even deserve to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace to me was not without effect. Now I worked harder than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God that was within me. Whether then it was I or they, this is what we preach. And this is what you believed. Paul's been talking to the church in Corinth about all sorts of aspects of life and faith. And it's almost that he's come to the end of, you know, talking about order and worship of, you know, what you wear, the speaking in tongues, all these different things. And he, finally he's coming to the end. He's winding up and he's saying, but remember the most important things. And he, we, we reckon that certainly the first, the, the, the little chunk, verses 3 to... Um, to five, uh, and certainly maybe to, to eight, was, was a creed, an early creed of the, of the church, and that this is something that he was passed up, uh, that was given to him. Um, I preach to you what you received on which you have taken your stand. And he's obviously received these, these words from the rest of the disciples and um, the other believers that he's met. And these are, it's like a, the early sort of foundation of faith, the, the most important thing to remember. Remember, we looked at the Apostles' Creed and this sort of short, pithy comments that's summing up sort of our belief in God. And he wants us to get these most important things because everything else that we do needs to be based on these foundations, on the fundamentals. I've always thought it strange that that word fundamentalist is, is, is wrong. I, I think we tend to use it, we, when we hear fundamentalist, it, we use it in the term of extremist. But actually, if, if something, really we all want to get our fundamentals right. But actually, it depends most of all on what those fundamentals are, because that makes all the difference. If your fundamentals are for violence and things like that, then that's what will come out. But if our fundamentals are, are good and right, then we need to Focus on them, our foundations. And very quickly, before we sort of go into the middle bit, just at the beginning, he, he wants to remind them that this is, yeah, this is something that is, is received, that he's, he's, he has heard it, and he's passed it on to the others in Corinth. And I don't know about you, but the fact that we're in church today, the fact we're on a, on a Sunday, the reason we're here is because we have received something. We've heard something. We've been told something. We've grasped something of faith about Jesus, about life. And that's why we're here. If nobody had told us, then we wouldn't know. And actually, I'm so thankful for, especially for um, my uncle when I was younger, but certainly my friends at university who took the time to, to explain and to talk to me and to tell me about faith. And that's the reason I'm here. And we need to be thankful for that. And Paul is saying that at the beginning. I want to remind you of the gospel that I preached to you, which you received. And then once you, we've received it, we then stand on it. And it's, I, don't, I think here, certainly for me, it's not stand as in being defensive, being these are the most important things and I'm going to fight for them. It's more, if these are the most important things, these are the things we're standing on. 
This is the things that we are basing, uh, we're rooted on, the foundations of our whole life. And that's what, whatever they are, that's what we're standing on. We, we stand on what we believe. I'm standing on this grill, trusting that it's not going to fall through down into the, into the pit below. We're standing under this roof, trusting that the, this building is going to stand around us. But the reason that we received it and we, 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 sta- we stand on it is that we're to, be, to do it with everything, not to be half-hearted. At the end of verse 2, otherwise you've believed in vain. With these fundamental things, these most important things that we're going to hear again, we need to, we need to stand, we need to not just believe them half-heartedly, we need to really grasp onto them. He said, if you hold firmly to the word I preached to you, not to just sort of leave it floating, but to really hold on to it. And this is a, it's a continuous thing. We can't just, we're not just saved once when we hear something. We need to continue to hold on to God in everything that we do, day by day by day. And the reason is for that, that he said, but by this gospel you are saved. By these most important things he's going to tell us, These are the things that save us. They're not just ideas. If they are the fundamentals, the things that we're standing on, they will save us. That's what Jesus tells us. That's what saves us, that we're saved. It's not just a handy tip. It affects our whole being, our whole destiny. So, what what is the most important thing? Verse 3. What I received, I passed on to you as of first importance. And really, it's in two parts. Christ's death and Christ's life. And Paul just tells the story. the, The creed tells the story of what happened. And we hear it. We know the story. We've had Easter. We've heard it again. When we take communion, we remind ourselves of it every, every, every week when we, when we do that or and so he, he says, Christ died for our sins. And it's, we say it so often, but actually it wasn't that Christ died on the cross for us. Thousands of people had died on the cross. We remember that. In the Roman times, they put thousands of people to death on the cross. But what was so important was the purpose of why he died on the cross. And it's just in those two little words that Christ died for our sins. For our sins. He he died for us. He made, he wanted, Jesus died so that we might be one with God. That the the sin, the the stuff that holds us and separates us from God, Jesus wanted to die so that we might have life. And that's what we've been recognizing at Easter. Christ's death did something for us. And so it's about his death. And it says according to the scriptures that this isn't just something that was an idea of Jesus passing through. That all the way through scripture that, that God was going to save his people, to rescue his people. Jesus means God to the rescue. And then verse 4, that he was buried you know, he really did die. That's, I think that's what it's, it's reminding us in the, in the story when we think about that he was buried. 
that we think about him going into the tomb. We remember the woman taking down the body from the cross and putting him into the tomb. He didn't just faint. He really did die. Now we remember he died for us. So what's most important? Christ's death, but then his new life. And just the next passage in, 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 in this passage in Corinthians, it reminds us that, that Jesus died. We know that, it, that Jesus died for us. We've, we've heard that so many times. But unless he rose again, there would be no point. There'd be no point us being here. I'm just going to read the next few verses from, on from where we finished. Um, in the message version, and it just reminds us that without resurrection, there was no point to Jesus dying. Now let me ask you something profound, yet troubling. If you became believers because you trusted the proclamation that Christ is alive, risen from the dead, how can you let people say that there's no such thing as a resurrection? Because some people have been trying to say there's no such thing as a resurrection of the dead. We know about it now, but it is pretty mind-blowing. If there's no resurrection, there's no living Christ. And let's face it, if there's no resurrection for Christ, everything we've told you is smoke and mirrors. And everything you've staked your life on is smoke and mirrors. Not only that, but we would be guilty of telling a string of barefaced lies about God. All those affidavits we passed on you, onto you verifying that God raised up Christ. Sheer fabrications if there's no resurrection. The most important thing is that, that as well as Christ's death, that he defeated that death, that he rose again. And I'm saying that, we, we know that, but if you're like me, I forget these important things. I forget. I forget to, to make it a part of every day that Christ died and he rose again. His new life is for each and every one of us now. So this verse um, 4, he was buried. He was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. And it's so we remember that on, on the third day he... The, 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 the woman came to the tomb, and he was, they couldn't find him. Why do you look here for the living among the dead? He is alive. And it talked about, according to the scriptures, we, it's much harder to find the scriptural references for, for, for rising on the third day. But I think it's almost this aspect of that this is part of God's plan and purpose. And then he, rose, he was raised on the third day, and then he appeared. And I love, I love this fact, that this listing. It lists more than we have in the, in the rest of the New Testament. We don't, we don't have all these stories of him appearing to all the five, 500 people at different times. But it's just a reminder that actually we don't have all the stories about Jesus in here. It's, we've just got, we've got a, an overview, a snapshot, but there was so much more. And I love the fact that when it, in the Greek it talks about the, when it, he appeared, it's all been past tense, but then he appeared as in the present tense to make us realize that he's here. It's he appeared, and it's appear, he's appeared, and it's for good. And it's continuing now. And it keeps on going. It's this 
the, the, through this list of those that have appeared and just to remind us that, that Jesus really did rise from the dead. I remember, I'm really sure that the, the moment that I realized that Jesus is, the fact that he rose again from the dead had to mean something. It wasn't just something that if he did, it really meant something. Not just in theoretically, but for every single one of us, and, and especially me at that moment. And I was walking down South Clark Street in Edinburgh in my second year at university. And I remember the, the complete realization that if all those disciples did see him, then how, how did that happen? Either it was true or it wasn't. I had to make a decision. I almost had to, like Paul, that, that he, it took something radical to, to turn him, him around. I mean, Paul, he says, Jesus appeared to him as almost one abnormally born, that it happened in a different way. I mean, it would be like today, Richard Dawkins, you know, who wrote The God Delusion, suddenly coming to faith and starting preaching and, and planting churches. I mean, it would be brilliant. But that was how radical it was for Paul to be converted. Because Jesus, the only, the only way I can point to it is the fact that he really did. So the most important thing that, to remember of if, if our faith is that, that Christ died for us and he rose to new life for us and, and with us. It's the purpose of Christ's death and the reality of Christ's risen life. And so the first importance is remembering that Christ died for us and he gives us new life. going back to the beginning of, of the, the passage, it's, it's that realization that it's not just an idea, that these are the most important things, that we need, to, we need to receive this message and remember it. And to, to, to recognize that this is where we're going to stand, what, 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 what we're, we're basing our life on. And that it, it's through it that we are saved. And, and when we're saved, we, it really will make a difference. I love that, passage, that, that bit, um, verse 10. That by the grace of God, um, I am what I am. I, I, Paul's Popeye moment. Um, I don't know if you remember Popeye. I am what I am. But by the grace of God, I am what, what I am. And his grace to me was not without effect. That when God's grace in us, when, when we recognize that God has done this for us, that whoever we are, we, we all are, I am what I am. That his grace can work in us and through us. Our own life can be transformed. Our own death will be different. If, if these are the things that we stand on, it's to remember that our life and our death will be radically different if we believe this message that we can be dead to sin, that Jesus died for us, and then in, our, in, in death, because he rose again, and if we are in him, we also have new life with him. And that's not something just for a one-off belief. I think asking God to help us, that can, the, why we say the confession every week, 
we to turn to turn to him and ask him to, to fill us with his Holy Spirit. We need to do that every single day. I know I, I forget, and then I come to him going, Lord, I need you. Help me. So what is the most important thing? The most important thing is that Christ is Jesus Christ. His death for us and his new life for us. He died for us so that we might live. And in that way, it's not even the most important thing. The most important thing is not a thing. It's a, the most important thing is the person of Jesus Christ and what he has done for us. And it's most important that we continue to grasp onto that, not to, not to let it be in vain, but to keep on grasping that which we've been handed down. And after this Easter, to remember the resurrection, not just at Easter, but every single day that new life is for us.